Hey there, it's VA. I'm jumping in with an editor's note about how the conversation seemed to jump from one subject, being Bruins related, and then into another where it got a little heavier. We we're talking about mental health issues of current and former players and other issues that are around the NHL. So I apologize if it seems really scattered. We are called barely on topic after all. But the conversation we felt was an important one to have. And uh, that's how it went. You're listening to Barely on Topic with B.A. The biggest fraud of all is coming up. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. A puck goes over the glass. Every stupid player on the ice puts their hand up. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. a really short episode of Barely in Topic this week because it's um, well, we just wanted to give a few impressions on the first game or two. I think we could probably talk at least about one of the games, not maybe both of them. We'll see. Let's have at it. Yeah, so what do we want to say about that first game, especially with that line, that Marchand-Bacchus-Posternak line? Well, um, they were pretty fantastic. <laughs> I love Brad. Oh, Brad was, dri- Brad was driving the bus there way before he got on the sheet too, right? Yeah. The other score was scoring the goals to start with, and you know, it, was, it, was, it was all Brad. I, I, I love seeing him this, this, this on fire right after signing the contract. This is usually like when, 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 when a lot of players shit the bed. Yes, I really yeah. hate that. I hate that. And he's way. coming off the role of getting, you know, jobbed out of the the, the MVP of the of, of, of the um, World Cup of Coffee there, and a new and a new rich contract, being the darling of the Canadian hockey media. I, as I said before, it's just Brad's. It's Brad's world. We're just living in it. <laughs> well, I just love that he is playing just as well as we knew he could play, as we expected him to play after coming off of the World Cup of Coffee. And that my, okay, my favorite thing was when Hags basically predicted that if Patrice Bergeron's injury is is going to linger, then this team is in trouble, 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 trouble. And so yeah. Marchand was like, <laughs> fuck that shit. Come on, guys, let's go. That whole line, that was a beautiful line. Oh, gosh. And and pasta, pasta's at at, at 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 three goals and two assists in uh, in two games. Uh, someone said he'd be a thirty goal scorer. We'll see. It's a little early, I know, but <laughs> he's a tenth of the way there with eighty games to go. Yes, yes. It you know we we have to wait a little bit on our predictions. Well, some of us have to wait a little bit on I, our I'm, predictions. I, I'm aware, but it looks good for me here. <laughs> I'd like to also point out that I predicted. Seven sixty-point players, and five of them have scored points so far. So hell yes. <laughs> but, but, on, but on the flip side, prediction's only, going great. <sighs> only three didn't only only three um of forwards have points so far. Uh, um, maybe I didn't look. Yeah, I'm bringing this up. No. Oh, Krejci has a, has a, has a, has an assist in there. Okay, and Krejci and Spooner both also have assists. Okay, yeah. So there were some, so there were some in between lines in that first uh, in that first game that did some of the scoring. So they were sort of Franken lines. Yeah, uh, exactly. Only only Krug and Patrice are without points right now. Of my prediction. Kind of hard to blame Patrice on the whole uh, not having points on account of the whole not playing. Oh. I still blame him. I mean, um, where's he going? Hey, hey, we saw that She's picture before they said. Oh, sorry. We saw that picture from Mandy there. With them wearing the walking boot the day before there was any word that he was a, a concern. He's like and, completely disappeared on the ice. It's awful. And I'll tell you one thing right now. The only way that I heard about his ankle injury was by the sports hub. 
Like they put it in their their headlines uh, that he had a, a lingering ankle injury from last year, and that uh, that he's day to day basically. And I'm like, well, it doesn't surprise me that he played through that, and I'm not going to be worried yet. But I, I can't like. And then of course they lingering. scored six goals, and I was like, well, I'm not going to worry about it right now. Lingering after the off season that that concerns me because that reminds me of you know both Marshy and Krejci not getting the surgery in the years they clearly the summers they clearly needed it respectively. We all know that Bergeron is not those guys. He's the toughest. Well, remember, best it wasn't their fault they didn't do it. Krejci was was given bad advice by the training staff. That's why he didn't get the the, the hip surgery last year. Um, I'm not going to worry about the Bergeron thing. It's it's not worth worrying about. And you know what? Let's just see what we have going on. It, the first game it was great. Games. Oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And if it's you the know, boy scored Say if it's going into game six, uh, 76, you know, can he play on that ankle? You know, maybe are you just holding him out because it's games one, two, one, two, and three on the road? I mean, he well, played in the World Cup of Hockey with it, and if it's a lingering injury from last season. It's clearly not too bad. And it's a pretty fair call to sit your best player, I guess, if he's fringy for those, game te- for those games, because these first three games were against teams that, you know, drafted um, um, third, first, and second overall. Yeah. So You uh, should beat them. We didn't beat one of them. We kicked the other's ass. Yeah, I'm too early to worry about the that Toronto yeah. game, it was. Well, no, my, of... my point is, it makes sense. Yeah, if he's Bergie, he's, he's, he's only most mo, is only is only mostly okay. These are games to these are fine games to set him for. If it needs to be a couple of days, no big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I I just loved the 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 Hags doom over the season because you know he's the insider and he knows all this information, which he doesn't really, but. You know, I just, I, it was on video and I was just like, please just shut up. Just- I wonder how, how, how he keeps, goes to work taking himself seriously when you have quotes from other players basically saying that they make things up when they talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I didn't know that. <laughs> How many times has Hag tried to, Hags tried to trade him? Every year. Yeah. At least 50. I just want to go on record saying we didn't want to trade him. We did we not. We said that seventh one episode. No. No. We all wanted to keep him. And we get to. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, I wore my back a shirt the other night. Oh. It worked. I did not wear it last night. It did not work. Well, there you go. Yep. Yep. Now, yeah. And the other thing is, is, is Carlos scored, got an assist in his first NHL game. <sighs> I don't we like talk about the team. interesting of Zach Warnski Brad did, too. What did you say Columbus about undressing? Game. I don't remember it, the details of that uh, of that play. He just it's... undressed Zach Warnski with a self-pass. And I mean, yeah, on that goal, that's good. But that, remember, that's Wrensky's first NHL goal. Still, NHL game. it was still, uh, it was amazing. <laughs> my pants were super tight after it happened. Oh my god! <laughs> and you know, and and, and Austin Zarn, Zarnick, you know, coming off the uh, off of the Gudising, um, he didn't score, but he was all over the ice. Mm-hmm. Little fireball. He's yeah. very fast. He's a, he's a quick player. He's fast. He's 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 he's, uh, he, he, he's feisty. He's not quite the agitator young Brad was, but he's he's got a little. Uh, he's got the, he's got a bit of that uh, of, of that douche to his game too, um, just a little bit. I I don't see it, sir. He is. I, done. That's not my own observation. I've seen the same comments from guys like like, like Ludicky. He's got the, he's got a little bit of uh, a, 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 little, a little bit of the. Uh, Austin Zarnick is perfect. He's a. Very nice man. Like, I'm saying nice all this. I am not saying all this in ambiguously positive terms here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a Jack Russell. Was oh, are we going to start comparing players to dogs now because of the Jack Russell <laughs> comparison? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it could work. I, w- I would say Marshy's possibly a dachshund. Dachshund? Dachshund, yeah. They're, you know, small and ornery, bred to, bred to kill badgers, and he is the hunting badger. Gregory Campbell, where did he end up? Did he, he didn't clear waivers. I mean, he cleared waivers, right? He cleared waivers, he failed to report, and he is now suspended, so he's not being paid. Huh, and where is their affiliate? Is that the Springfield? Cleveland. Oh, it's Cleveland. Yes, yes. The, is that the Lake Erie Monsters? No, Lake Erie, no, it's, um, it was the Lake Erie Monsters. Yeah, they renamed, they're called something else now. But yeah. Last year, they were the Avs affiliate. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so Gregory Campbell, his future is uncertain right now. Great. And basically, he didn't report, he says, apparently, because he didn't want to take playing time in the AHL away from younger players, which sounds noble and all. It also sounds to me like horseshit. If he wanted any hope of getting back into the league, it had to be that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I, mean, I feel I, it's more likely to be being a petulant jackass, to be honest. I, I, I refuse to. I kind of refuse to entertain the notion of someone acting nobly in that something that seems superficially nobly like that after getting sent down. So yeah. So did he? he he's a one-way deal, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So he'd get paid if he played, idiot. Yeah, if he's being played, he'd be getting his full one and a half million if he was playing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so Campbell is uh, instead choosing to not get his million and a half. And it's like, is he trying to force a trade or something? Because um, that's not going to work. And then the other well, fun thing is, is the fact that the uh, Kings were already icing a pretty shitty roster and now are, uh, have no Jonathan Quick and they didn't sign an actual backup this year. Really? How does that happen? They signed uh, Jeff Zatkoff, who, you know, got uh, passed in the depth chart with the Pens last year by right. uh, Murray. Murray, yeah, yeah. So they're playing. So now he's effectively their starter. His backup is Peter Budai, who's been playing in the AHL for the last three seasons. Huh? Yeah, I remember Budai. Was a hab for a while, and they got traded to Winnipeg, and they sent him down. And he played last year for the Kings affiliate, I think. Yeah, I guess the Ontario so, Reign. Yes, as they are called. So um, three to four months without the without an without an actual goalie. Unless they're putting together a package as we speak to take uh, Bishop off of um, uh, Tampa's hands, which would be the play that would make the most sense for them because he's on an expiring contract. Ooh, ooh, I heard something interesting yesterday about this. I'm so glad I can say something. Ooh. (laughs) I was listening to the uh, Sports Hub's hockey show with Ryan Johnston and a cast of characters like Dave Gosher and Bob Beers. Hags. But this came from Billy Jaffe. Jaffe was talking about the Kings. And he was talking about what they can do with the quick situation. So he said it would be prudent for them to look around to see who else has a spare goaltender. And he said, you know, it might not be a bad idea for them to look at Ryan Miller because his wife is an actress in Hollywood. And I'm sure he'd like to live down you know, in LA with her all the time so that she could work and he could work and all of that. And I was like, huh, I guess that could happen. You got to give it time, unfortunately, right? Because uh, Benning and Linden, ha- Linden have to figure out that their team's going to suck this year because they still seem to think it's not going to. Right. But I'm just saying, <laughs> he was floating that out there like, this is a move that could make sense for both parties. We'll see. I know they're in the same they're in the same actual division, so that would be kind of hard to but changing uh, a goalie in season in division. <laughs> I know, but this is what Jaffe floated out there, and I was like, he knows more about hockey than I do. Jaffe's pretty about- widely Jaffe's pretty widely respected. You see him on, on Sportsnet and stuff from time to time too. So, but anyway, no, he floated that idea out there, and I was like. Wow, that's a pretty good idea. I'm not sure either team would do that, but somebody gets some creative points there for that. So, yeah, that's, that's rumor. But I've, if I'm Lombardi, I inquire about Bishop first because realistically speaking, you know that um, I, I can't imagine that um, uh, that Iserman is going to let him walk for – he's going to carry him through the year and then let him walk for nothing. Right. Yeah, they did say that one first in truth. They did talk about um, Bishop first. And the two of them make the most sense because they're both pending UFAs. I can't think of any other starter calibers that are both pending UFAs and expendable. Hmm. Because guys like Math 
or one of the guys in Dallas don't work at all for LA because of term. Mm. Yeah, it, he. They did say something about Niemi, and it got quashed pretty quickly. It's in for that reason. It just doesn't make any sense for LA to pick up anyone with term right now, unless it's someone that could serve as their starter now and be a competent backup after a, a, a and be a backup going forward or something. But hmm. so it have to be someone a lot cheaper then. Also, there would be the matter of having to expose. So you're basically looking for a rental. You are looking for a rental this early in the season. Miller, Bishop, okay, Jonathan Bernier. He's in division. Steve Mason, um, Flyers are supposed to be ha- are supposed to be competent. If you're really fucking desperate, Winnipeg does have Pavlik in the in the AHL right now. I'm sure they'd love not to pay him. Mm. And honestly, if it's a short term thing, that's actually a and he has a low capital of three point nine million. You probably could get him for a song. Granted, whether he's worth 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 even a song worth even a song, I don't know, but. If you're Lombardi, you gotta kick it. You, you, you gotta kick the tires at least, right? Right. Um, looking at other guys that are UFA at the end of this season, uh, Elliot and, uh, and 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 Chad Johnson are both. But you know, Calgary, I think, is uh, rather pleased with their goaltending situation now. Michael Neuwirth, Grice. Again, these are backups on competitive teams. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bishop. Because, so yeah, Bishop because Tampa Bay is probably looking to offload him sooner rather than later, like before the deadline if they think they need to load up anywhere. Right. Or Pavlik because you can't imagine Winnipeg wants to be paying him to be in the AHL right now. No, no. But I just thought it was an interesting idea to that they would float that uh, Ryan Miller thing out there, and then they did ha- say something about Bishop primarily. I don't remember if they talked about everybody. I was kind of busy, but I was listening a well, little those bit. Well, those two are the names worth talking about because the others, there's a few other names that are interesting but aren't realistic. Like Bernier plays on the other side of town. Anaheim's not going to... Didn't they just oh. get him? Yeah, they did. And, um, of course, you know, L.A. drafted him and traded him to to, uh, to Toronto some years ago for uh, Ben Scrivens and some other things. Oh, poor Scribbles. Yep, he's in the KHL now. Yeah, to me because I I feel I do feel bad for him. Anytime an NHL player ends up going to the KHL, I just feel bad for them. <laughs> I know it seems that so many of them are so such absurdly likable players too. Yeah. Scribbles, Hobo Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why do Part they have of the problem is that players with personalities tend to be the bad players for whatever for, for one reason or another, right? Steady. He was awesome. (laughs) Okay. In the interest of sounding terrible, he's Swedish. So how much personality could he really have? Ouch. (laughs) Sorry. I just, you know. Carl Soderbergh has has a plethora of personality despite being a metronome that isn't working most of the time. He's the most like like most amount of personality while being you know just while having none at the same time. It's it's just, I think what it is. Oh, Carl Carl Soderbergh is so personality free that that in itself is a personality and it makes him fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's cultured. He's so cultured. I love it. No, I mean what, that's like one of the moments I'm behind the bee that I actually really enjoyed finding out that. Carl likes to go to art museums and read literature and discuss these things. And I'm like, and you're hanging out with Louis Erickson, who just looks dead behind the eyes. <laughs> well, he's got, to eat, he's got to eat herring with someone. and uh... <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Look, German, pers- uh, German personalities are not that much because we're talking about hockey players. So uh, I understand. I get it. I get it. But to further your point, Andrew Ference is not the best defenseman, and he has a personality. Joe Thornton, uh, Sean Thornton, an abundant, overabundance of personality. Yep. Yeah. Not the best player. Not by a long shot. But, hey, I'm not going to – it's not me to judge, you know, how awesome a player or not he is. Well, but it's, an, it, it's an interesting sociological <laughs> question, actually. I'm not sure how to unpack that one. Why it is that the good players seem to have none. Whereas the, the the less good players are free to uh, bask in, to bathe in their own exuberance. Have you ever read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? 
have not. I haven't read much Malcolm Gladwell, and I feel like I should probably do something about that. Well, what I love about Malcolm Gladwell is he makes me think about things that I would never honestly try to think about. And it feels like it's an old friend having a discussion about something that I should know about. But anyway, in Outliers, he discusses the, the basically the genius rule of like, you know, you spend 10,000 hours doing something right now, you know, you are born a certain time in a certain place and you have access to certain things. You will have an advantage basically. Okay. Now I think that's certainly there must be some kind of correlation. Oh, actually, he did use hockey players in the first segment of the book. Really? He, <laughs> yes, he did, because he's Canadian. Oh. Um, and, you know, he was talking about junior hockey. And basically, I, it, was a, it was a team that had, it was, uh, what was it? Was it? Was it Medicine Hat or was it? Red Deer is one of the, it was it was a junior hockey team, and it had a whole bunch of players that we now know are in the NHL. Uh, one of which was Chris Russell. But anyway, he was pointing out a correlation between birth dates and the ability to make a an, an actual junior hockey team. Interesting. And I can't remember. Let me see. What's the argument? The argument was that if you were born. January 1st of a certain year, you had much more of an advantage than somebody who was born in September or October of that year. Probably affects what age players you're playing against. Yes. Yes. So basically, the 10,000-hour the 10, rule fits in there somewhere with birth date and you know birthplace and where you grew up. And you know, so you put all these things together and you get successful people right he only used that the, the hockey players for that one example and he didn't really kind of talk about their transition into the nhl and this is a book that was written almost 10 years ago but okay. it's still worth reading because you can kind of you know test his argument against um other fields you know which he does in the book when he does uh with um with bill gates and uh, Steve Jobs and talking about the time frame that they grew up, the access to the things that they had. And actually, Bill Gates had much more uh, access at an earlier age than Steve Jobs did and so on and so forth. So a very interesting book. But I'm just saying that I think that this 10,000 hour rule might have something to do with that, with with the success of certain players. But if you're spending like all of your time playing hockey, you're not doing other things that would allow you the ability to have a personality. One of the things I do love about the NFL is the abundance of personalities. You know, this, this year we got Martellus Bennett, who's man, he does not have nice things to say about his former teams. They didn't help me. <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> And and he also writes children's books. And he actually loves Bill Belichick because he's like, Bill tells you how it is, and I respect that. And it's like, see? It's so simple. <laughs> you know, hey, interesting about people saying not great things about their previous teams. Did you see those comments from uh, uh, Nelly Yakupov over the weekend? Yep. Like, it wasn't just hockey-related. He just had no support in, in, in Edmonton. Yep. The rest of the team didn't seemed to want much to do with him. The, 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 the management didn't try to provide any sort of means for him to fit in. Like usually, yep. you know, a big star coming in, the team's going to bend over backwards to integrate them into the, in, in, into the city. Look what Boston does with a signing, they, you know, with a new signing. And so if they cart that guy out all summer, introducing him to the city, making, making them either, either by their own will or, or, or polite suggestion, rolling them out of tons and tons of, uh, of, of, of Sox games and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Edmonton, so it makes me wonder: it's like, how much did Edmonton, in a not in a purely non-development standpoint, just in a purely non-hockey personal stuff, fuck up Nail Yakupov? Yeah, and like reading that, I'm just like, I understand so much more now. This is why he had a killer rookie season. And was then, a runner-up for the for, for the Calder, and then just fell apart. Yeah, and it's because he just had no structure in his life outside of the rink. He'd play, go home, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be able to. He must have been so wildly depressed after a while. Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good for him for acknowledging that, and uh, bad on the Oilers for not doing anything to help him out. 
it's really nice that he's being open about that now and that he's uh, hopefully in a better place being in St. Louis, that he's in a, a better situation to succeed. Well, you know, it, it kind of fits in in a way very tangentially, I admit, to uh, Daniel Carcello's work that he's been doing to try to get players to acknowledge that they could have depression issues. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's talking more post-concussive and everything, but and even post, after... And post-retirement, too, right? Because... Uh, a big part of what he's dealing with um, is, uh, is this this um, this gulf former players suddenly face when they can't play anymore. Right, right. Um, they basically they, they've done nothing but play hockey since they were thirteen goddamn years old or younger, mm-hmm. and suddenly you're thirty four. No team will sign you. You have to retire. Yep. Yep. Now what? You have no skills except hockey, and now those skills are gone. And now you're being told those skills are no longer any good. Well, imagine if you were Yakupov and you're a young guy, and you have to deal with that. You know, so I I know it doesn't fit in exactly. It's not the the matching puzzle pieces here, but I think that the more that we can acknowledge our feelings on things, hockey players, regular people, and work through these things, that the happier we'll be and the better and, off will be. And in this case, we're seeing acknowledgements of mental health issues in hockey, mm-hmm. which is, seems really late because it was summer 2011 when they had three suicides. Yep, yep. But like, you know when, what? Why, why wasn't this being addressed after 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 Bugard, Rypian, and, and Bilak? Why is it not? Why is it not coming up really until now? Pride and not wanting to seem like there's something wrong with you. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Do you ever want anyone to see that there's something wrong with you? You know, it takes and that's, a lot and, and to and admit the reason, that there is. And that's the reasoning for the hashtag sick, not weak. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like all fucking yesterday, I was sitting there like worrying about a pile of dishes in the sink. I'm not kidding you. Like, Our guests did not care one iota. <laughs> they didn't. In fact, they many of them were just like, I'm just going to stand in front of this. Like Emily did this. I'm going to stand <laughs> in front of the sink and you won't see that. And then I think, uh, you know, uh, Andrew was like, let's just wall off the kitchen. The kitchen doesn't exist here anymore. I'm like, yes. Because, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I have compulsion issues. I have lots of issues, but I don't want my friends to see that I have compulsion issues. And I just announced it to the world. Like, I just, I'm like, it's not quite OCD, but for me, it's like a sink full of dishes is like a nightmare. <laughs> That's just the least of my issues. That's a tiny issue. <laughs> um, but certainly, I don't really like to talk about my depression issues because it's hard. It's hard to do it. It, it is hard. You know, so I commend people who can. Actually, I can talk about my depression issues at length, but we're not going to do that on this podcast. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it really is just a, you know, um, it's just, it's a, a very difficult issue. And I'm glad that people are actually being honest about things, whether it's Nail Yakupov being honest about how unhappy he was and depressed he was when he was in Edmonton, or if it's Daniel Carcello who's working on um, the depression issues that face people after they leave hockey. You know, and one last point on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you read some of those stories about uh, Devin Setaguchi? No, I did not. I did not. After the Flames sent him down two years ago, he got injured while playing for their their, their affiliate. And uh, just, 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 he'd always drank a fair bit and just descended into something like we're talking nightmare, leaving nightmare fuel, leaving Las Vegas, leaving Las Vegas levels of alcohol. Oh God, that's awful. Completely self-destructed. That's why he didn't play anywhere last year. He took a year off, was in was in rehab, trying to get back into game shape. That's why actually the fact that he just got a that he just signed with the he got that PTO, excuse me, with the Kings and just signed is such a great story. Good for um, him. But again, it's the same thing. He got, and again, this may also tie into Greg Campbell not reporting the AHL, the, cr- the the crippling crush of the, of the of pride from being ripped away from what you do, the only mm-hmm. thing you do. Yep. And I hope these couple, all these stories combined, actually push the league and MP- NHLPA to do 
something. But you know how much it takes either to actually act for anything. So I'm not optimistic. Yeah. I mean, you can have lawsuits galore and they're not going to do anything because they don't see an issue because they don't think about things in a personal level. They only think about business. And that is the bad part of sports. I mean... Was it Scrivens that had the goalie helmet where he had like five different goalie helmets or something for the mental um, health awareness and then he like auctioned them off after each game to donate money to it? I kind of think that more players should do something like that. Yep. I mean, um, Scrivens is uh, aware enough to know that this is an issue. And he did do that a, a couple of years ago when he, his first year that he was fully starting with the uh, Oilers. I think that someday we'll get to the point where we we can all be honest about it and realize like we don't have to be these we don't have to pretend that we're so perfect and that things don't bother us and that things don't eat away at us. But I think societally we we have problems with that. So it's going to take a little bit longer to get into the sports worlds. Definitely. And I think with society, it just. And it affects more people than we realize. And because we think that we're people that, you know, um, are suffering from the illness, um, think that they're the minority, they don't say anything. When, in fact, they're really kind of in the majority. I, I would say the majority of people deal with some type of anxiety, depression, something. And... If people just kind of thought that, hey, I am in the, I'm not in the minority, I'm in the majority here, I think we get more people talking. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just give some real quick thoughts on the rest of the team. Yes, so we were talking about Austin Zarnick. He's quick, he's a little bit of a bastard on the ice. Let's talk about the young defenseman real quick. Carlo, 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 Carlo. You're <laughs> welcome. So, yes, Carlo! I love Carlo. I don't... I, I'm sad that his name... Uh, his name cha- did not change. His number did. His neighbor. Oh my god, that would be so fun if your jersey were a combination of your name and number, just like it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> if his last name was written out in a number on the jersey. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, Namber! And then I realized, oh, they do have numbers and names on their jerseys. Yes. Okay. Yes, I love Carlo. And his. And how do we think his roommate, his temporary roommate, O'Gara, is doing? Not as good. Not as good. You know, O'Gara's ceiling's a lot higher than Carlo, so it's hard. You don't want to judge them against one another. And in the. Particularly in the, uh, the, the Columbus game. O'Gara and Krug, there was this one stretch where they got a bad rap because it was actually a bad, nasty bit where they were, where they were pinned in their own zone. Uh, because their forward line, when they actually, right off the bat, they, they when I should back up a little bit. I think it was late in the first period of the Columbus game. And the uh, Columbus entered the zone. Krug and O'Gara did this fantastic closing off, closing off gap control. Broke up, the, broke up the, um, the, 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 the rush. Sent it back up the ice. Their forwards completely failed to make it out of the neutral zone. Uh, I think it was the, the, the crazy spooner Heinen line. And then the puck came back in the zone and they were all hemmed in there forever. God, that it was, was too bad because it started off with such a wonderful play by Krug and O'Gara. Point being is um, I liked what I saw there. And I remember you know people talked about how Krug and Kevin Miller really complimented one another. Mm-hmm. O'Gara is Kevin Miller, but a good skater. <laughs> Anthony says he's holding his own for sure. He bailed out Krug a couple of times last night against Toronto. But <laughs> so yeah, basically every bit of Ke- the way that Kevin Miller was a good partner for for, for Krug, O'Gara is better for that position, better for that role, right? <laughs> he, he, he doesn't look like a crap on the ice. <laughs> no break dancing. <laughs> crab people. Anyway. Does that make him a lobster then? Like he's the better crustacean? Oh, God. Oh, God. 
Uh, no, oh, I'm I, gonna call him Sebastian now. <laughs> I went under the sea. No, anyway, I wasn't going to compare uh, Carlo to Ogara because I I don't want <laughs> I don't want to do that because I I want to try to limit my Carlo talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to sound A, like I'm insane, and B, I don't want to be disappointed when he gets sent down after I don't know how many games because they want to not burn that year in his contract. I don't know. I'm looking at him, and I think it's hard to send him to, to not send him down. Um, what I think is, if they're playing him now, I'm willing to bet he stays up, plays past the nine. What he might not do is play more than 45 games. Um, because if he doesn't play 45 games, this, te- this season counts as doesn't count towards his accrued seasons, mm. which is to say it ensures he doesn't be- can't become UFA before he's 27. Wow, there's um, a lot, too. Um, so he's still burning year of the ELC, but he wouldn't be able to go... Um, uh, uh, he wouldn't be UFA eligible... Uh, no, Anthony. Anthony asks you if they at twenty. No, no, twenty twenty-seven is, is the is the the eight the, is the year unless your contract existing contract runs later than twenty-seven. Um, basically, what it is is someone who plays in nineteen, in eighteen or nineteen can potentially go UFA at twenty-six. Mm. Uh, um, because okay. it's, it's seven years, even younger, because it's seven years accrued. So someone that enters the league in their draft year can potentially go UFA as young as twenty-five. Stamkos was twenty. Was UFA this year at twenty six? Interesting, interesting. And it and it requires during those slide eligible years, forty five games for it to count. So, but but I, I don't think. Well, I, although I will say, caveat emptor to all of that, I'm not a hundred percent if that if 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 AHL counts in that on those meters. I don't know. Now that I think about that. See, I, all I want I, is him to stay up forever. You know, I don't think I don't see how he doesn't. I mean, look at the competition for for Red D. Adam McQuaid, God love him. His charity work's awesome. <laughs> it's fantastic. He's not a good player <laughs> anymore. <laughs> wow, you put a lot of words in there. <laughs> I was trying to be very diplomatic. You were very nice. I really do love Adam McQuaid. I do, honestly. But you know, I'm—I think it's no secret to the people here. While I have my loyalties, I am by and large the cat GM, not dog GM. Um, yes, I am definitely. <laughs> I, I am a dog GM. Um, so anyway, I'm an emo. Put- Okay. <laughs> but just uh, so I played there. Um, Chiller is not making a great, making great sounds for himself right now. Oh no, he was bad. And then, and then, and then, and then Kevin Miller. So the competition for right D is not strong. I think, I think we see Carlo for the whole season unless something, unless he starts sliding soon. Okay, so you take the good, you take the, good, you take the bad. That's the thing, right? Next year that's we're going. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm. You know what? Part of not being disappointed is having lower expectations. So that's what. But I'm very excited for my boy. Shoot for the ground, and anything, anytime you miss it, it looks good. So yeah. Yeah. No. No. I'm saying. I. <laughs> hey. What did I say? I said that he was going to make the team, and then you added in the part of playing with with Chara, and I was like, yes, that sounds great. I love Charlo. Charlo's a great line or great pairing. Charlo, 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 Charlo. Charlo and Krugera are both great pairings. See, see, it's great. Everything's wonderful. I wasn't going to pay any attention to the defense, and then I, I can't help it now. Okay, so just for listeners, Anthony's microphone decided to um, be very awful. So he is being. <laughs> <laughs> so he is being interpreted by us. Oh yes, everything is awesome. He says, "Just play the song in your head. We don't have the rights to play it." Um, so if Carlo plays at this level and McQuaid pushes him out of a roster spot, I will question Claude's decision making. 
Anthony says, who, by the way, looks good. Like he's gotten better shape this year, too. Are you talking about Claude? Is this some man love for Claude? Okay. Yeah. Everybody loves Claude. <laughs> <laughs> um. There were talks about the Bruins having poor conditioning down the stretch, and for Claude to look like he's in better physical shape says that they're taking it to heart. I wish he had the goatee back. I kind of liked the sporty goatee from last summer. Incidentally, I'm just going to put this one out there. I'm not going to say this person by name, but the, the um, uh, there's a member of the Nova Scotia Prospect Association who looks exactly like Claude, and I get a kick out of it every time I see him and talk to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yes, listeners, there's a lot to unpack in that sentence, I know. We'll just leave it up to you. <laughs> um, so anyway, okay. So the younger defensive guys are looking okay to awesome. Too concerning in the form of Chiller. Yeah. And here's the thing about it. Is that Chiller needs to be... Krug and O'Gara are rookies, so we can be reasonably tolerant of ebb and flow in their play, right? Chiller, on the other hand, has sufficient NHL experience. He, the team needs him to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he has more games like last night, I can see him being the one at the... Well, no. O'Gara's going to lose the spot first, I think. But mm. at a high risk for losing his roster spot, right? Uh, mm. Well... He shouldn't have grabbed number six. It was the death of him. Maybe. (laughs) So you know what we should do? I think we're going to leave it at that for this stuff right now. Only because we've got a lot that we've unpacked in this episode. And there's still more time to talk about rookies and young defensemen. I can talk about young defensemen all the time. And, you know, how... uh, uh, players are are going to work out. That's going to be our whole season, basically. So why don't we move on to Bare Necessities? Tremol. Who wants to go first? Okay. Uh, I'll go so Anthony can uh, type what he's uh, thinking this week. (laughs) That way it's ready to go when it's his turn. So right now, while while recording this episode, I am drinking a um, uh, Blueberry Ale from Patty's Brew Pub in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, um, home of my, my alma mater, um, Acadia University. It is the best fruit beer I've ever had of any kind. It remains that way 10 years later. Unfortunately, it's just a growler, and I think there's only one gla- cup glass left after the one I'm currently drinking. But I have, um, you know, a, a reasonably copious amounts of, uh, of, of Dewar's, some uh, um, uh, blended scotch there around for hockey for hockeying this week, so... Uh, Hockey scotch. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey scotch. It sounds like either terrible butterscotch or... Um... It is terrible scotch. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I just can't afford to drink good scotch for hockey all the time. <laughs> no, 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 no. In fact, you know what? We usually have, like, a bottle of scotch kicking around. Well, we usually have several bottles kicking around for many, many months, if not years. Because you can do that with scotch, and um, I've never known uh, people to drink scotch so quickly. But uh, hey, hockey! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for the record, I do like prefer good scotch, but again, I can't possibly justify buying it and drinking that quickly because you know student loans. Um. <laughs> so, do you want to tell people your address so they can like send you scotch? Maybe they can PayPal you scotch. DM me at uh, at Dr. Hangrenade on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, we can negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, okay, ready? Anthony's up, and I'm going to read all of this stuff after that last slide. Yes. So after saying I'd be drinking Sam Adams' Oktoberfest, my boss needed a ride to his car after work, so he said he'd buy me a six-pack. I'm now drinking Leinenkugel's Oktoberfest. Speaking of scotch, I need to get me a bottle of Glenfiddich or Fed Glenfiddich. I don't know how it's said. Um, anyway. That one down there missed, drinks Because he misses scotch. <laughs> because I miss scotch. I was getting around to it. Bourbon is good, though. No, I'm just kidding. Bourbon's fine. <laughs> but Oktoberfest, Leinenkugel. Good for you. And hopefully more scotch. Okay, Tim. Uh, yes, as we do this podcast, 
I am actually having some Senators Club whiskey with ginger ale. It's um eight dollars and fifty cents for a liter. So <laughs> it's it's quite um it's quite potent going down. It's like the same um, stuff that um uh, that, 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 that Doc Brown blew the uh, fuel manifold out of the DeLorean with in, in her Back to the Future, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It really is. Um so that's what I'm currently drinking. For games though, I won't be uh disrespecting my liver so much. I will uh be having some um what's it called? Jacko Traveler. Um again from the Traveler Beer Company. Um it's turning into my favorite uh pumpkin beer even more so than Shipyard Pumpkinhead. Sorry, Maine, but Vermont's winning this one. Considering you said in the comments here you hate lobster, I think Maine's got. Uh, I think you and Maine got beef at this point. Yeah, I know <laughs> this should burn me at the stake or something. But in my defense, I was born in potato country, so I like Maine potatoes. They're better. So, so um, Anthony wanted to know if you were just drinking straight up methanol. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. <laughs> Can you see us, Tim? Have you gone blind? <laughs> Barely. It's it's bad. Like, I thought Black Velvet at first was really bad, but this is even worse. Like, it's bad. It sounds like a product you got here in Canada called Golden Wedding. It is neither golden nor is it something you would drink at a wedding. It would be so great if it were called Golden Showers. <laughs> Easy, R. Kelly. Easy. <laughs> no, just for... I don't like that stuff. Come on now. <sighs> I only... I thought that was funny, but nobody else did. <laughs> it was really funny. Oh, uh, Anthony is very talkative, and he says, Whenever you come down for a drink with us, Tim, I'm getting a good bottle for us to drink. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Oh, am I not supposed to be reading these out loud? Because <laughs> now I'm just reading it because it's funny. I actually haven't been drinking at all today because alcohol and I are not friends right now. Specifically white wine. I don't want to ever drink that again until the Ooh. next time. <laughs> until the next time I drink white wine. At some point I may become friends with alcohol again. Wow, that was a long journey to that statement and <laughs> and i if i do i will i have plenty of beer to drink because i have a very special dunkle that was made for me by my friend it's called duncan dunkle um and it says that i run on dunkle which is true that's it is my favorite type of beer and then i have an oktoberfest I'm showing it as if the viewers or the listeners can see this, but they cannot. Maybe I'll post a picture of it. I probably will. Oh, it'll probably be on Twitter because everybody loves me on Twitter. Anyway, so are you voguing? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I didn't kind of white it. <laughs> da da da. Ah. And I'm not drinking them right now. I'm actually sober. <laughs> That's funny. So. Yeah, so I'll probably be drinking any of those things this week, unless I have to drink something harder because the the Bruins will be disappointing. But I'm not going to think they are. It's just beer. It'll be fine. Although that Winnipeg game is not going to be fun to watch, I bet, because it's Winnipeg and they Winnipeg. Oh, Patrick Lyon. 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 And 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 Nikolai Ellers is always is always a good time too. Okay, first of all, Ellers or Ellers, Ellers, whichever one of those is how you talk about that. <laughs> um, I think it's Ellers, and um, no, I thought it, I wanted it to be Ellers, but I remember seeing it on T, hearing it on TV as being one of the others. All right, well, I think it might actually be Ellers, which is like the worst. Where is he from? Denmark. Oh, played, in, well, I, played, for, I played for the Mooseheads. I don't know. You should <laughs> just be glad that he has vowels in his name. That's all. He's no um, Martin Furk. Rick. Oh Rack. my god, what is such a Rocker, I don't know. <laughs> what a great name. Yes, so Anthony wants to know who's going to shut down Line A 
And if we can call that other guy Ehlers, 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 Smith. Because it's also, easier. Bruins fans everywhere are going to be um, all terrible tomorrow night because uh, Kyle Connor is um, playing with um, uh, Winnipeg now as well. And uh, Who's Kyle gonna, Connor? One of the people that, you know, literally ever, that, that, that people wanted us to draft instead of the people we did last year. Oh, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not, well, yeah, I'm just not, yeah, Twitter's going to be awful tomorrow. Well, people suck. Anyway, so, anyway, the New Jersey game and the Habs game are also this week. Those will be better? Yeah, they'll probably be more fun. I can't wait to see Taylor Hall playing for the um, for the, the Devils because I want to see if he looks any different with his mouth wide open and that dumb expression in a uh, Devils uniform. As He's a pretty derpy looking guy. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, it's like, oh, man, just close your mouth. Just there. You look okay. But anyway, Line, that guy looks like Kampainen with his eyes a little bit closer together. <laughs> well, it'd be hard-pressed for them to be further apart. <laughs> Kampainen looks like they're trying to flee his face. They're making a break for his ears. They're not going to quite make it. <laughs> It's like his nose just tore a bad fart and they're trying to give it space. <laughs> oh, God. Poor Tim. <laughs> I still like him. Uh, okay, so anyway, as you know by now, Nick wasn't here because he had camping to do. So hopefully he'll be here next week. Let's just wrap up the show now. You can find us on Twitter at Barely on Topic, on Facebook at Barely on Topic. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Stitcher. We have bumper stickers that'll be out or coming out soon. They've been printed. We still haven't so, figured out how we're going to distribute, I'm guessing. but uh, or- Right, we haven't figured that out. So I got an idea. Listeners, why don't you talk to us on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you want to. You can send a paper please, airplane. Please just talk to us. Yeah. Just <laughs> we're <tell> so lonely. <laughs> give us an idea of how we should distribute them or if you want them or something. And we'll discuss it. Maybe we'll even mention you on the air next week. It'll be great. Okay, so basically, I think we're all set. Tim, take us out. Word. Word.